Hey friends, welcome to Free and Light, a podcast designed to help you slow down and live in rhythm with Jesus so that you can experience the life he offers, this thing we call life to the full. Hey, I'm your host, Tim Shelton, and if you've been listening a little while, well, you know that this podcast is really just four friends hanging out and talking about the spiritual practices that are currently changing our lives. Now, by now, you probably know the voices of my co-hosts and contributors, but let's be honest, I like sharing a few of the details of their beautiful personalities. Let's take Bill, my best friend of 41 years. Fun fact about Bill, he was the best man in my wedding. That is a fun fact. You're my cousin. I am. We are related. You wouldn't look at us and think that, but we are related. Cat's out of the band. There we go. Hey, Bill, you know who else was at my wedding? Who? Kelly. (laughs) 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 Kelly Shelton, you were also at my wedding. And if I'm being honest, Bill may have had to convince you several times to show up. I, you know what? I'm not going to confirm or deny that. I will not either, then. <laughs> Joining Bill and my now wife, Kelly. Uh, last you know him, you love him. He rides motorcycles and anything that goes fast. He does. Brat, brat. Josh Calzone. <laughs> What's up, guys? Guys, we're back. We're back. It's a new month. And for the friends that have been hanging around for a little while, what they know is new spiritual practice and this was one i am super super excited about it's one that it may be more than any of the others is currently in real time changing our lives and it's this practice of sabbath now friend if you're listening you're like sabbath that seems like a very old testament word yep it is uh, in fact, it was in the Ten Commandments. We're bringing right? it old school. Mm-hmm. Bringing it old school. But let me just say this. It's, it's not an Old Testament command. I want you to think of it this way. Sabbath is an invitation. See, the thing is, when Jesus came, he broke the old covenant. He sets the record straight that true rest is found in him. And, you know, we think that if Jesus practiced Sabbath then we should too. Not out of like a religious obligation, not out of legalism, but because it's good for our soul. And so we think like if Jesus did it, shouldn't we do it too? And so the way I would think about it is this, is Sabbath is a beautiful invitation into spiritual rhythm. We get to set down our agenda and rest from trying to quote unquote, make it all happen. And we get to remember that the world doesn't hang on our efforts, that he is still God and we can find rest in him, not just today, but forever. And so our kind of general question is like, how would your life be better if you learned to rest, to Sabbath, like Jesus did? Mm. So that's that's what we're talking about today. That's what we're hanging out and discussing. So I want to start with a little uh, story. Apparently, as I was thinking through the show notes today, like I do this a lot. So friends, if you're listening, you're like, what's Tim going to share today? <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit of story. Uh, so fun fact about me, since I get to share fun facts about you guys, I am type A driven. Really? You? I you? had no idea. <laughs> uh, so the audience right now is like this. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Enneagram 3, Achiever. Uh, yeah. I think for a long, long time I said, uh, why go slow when you can go fast? Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> so you guys ever have one of those weeks where like you're just going hard and you can't wait for the weekend, not because you're really all that excited about any one particular thing, but you're like, dear Lord, I just need some rest. Hmm. Are you talking currently about my week? 
Like, could be your okay, week. Could be my week. No, there's it's, none of it's that. This week it's for this you, week. Bill. It's <laughs> this, this specific this week. Is the week. Yeah. Now, for the friends in the audience listening, they're like, uh, exactly what you're saying. They're like, yeah, that's, I'm in that week right now, you know, present, <laughs> present and accounted for. That's right. So I had a season like that. So not a week, like weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Eventually those turn into seasons. And um, what it kind of culminated in was my first of a few anxiety attacks. And it was, uh, it came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it. I thought for years, you know, I'm invincible and I'm just going to go hard. You know, I'll rest eventually. I'll, I'll rest. And so I had this anxiety attack. And um, shortly after that, COVID happened. And here's the interesting thing about COVID. I think the initial stages of the pandemic, a lot of us were like, oh my gosh, my way of life is being disrupted and I'm scared and you know, whatever was going through our minds. But for me personally, I was like, oh dear Lord, thank you. And I remember like the weeks and maybe even months leading up to COVID praying for, I just need a rest. I hadn't quite figured out how to work from rest versus how to work towards rest. And so anyway, I say all that to say is like COVID happened and we found ourselves forced to rest. If, if you remember, Cal, like we got the keys to Haven. It's our retreat center for Sequel in Jackson County. And after a couple of weeks, we had nothing to do on Saturdays and Sundays. And so I had been reading about Sabbath, desiring Sabbath, and finally said to Cal, like, hey, let's let's try a family Sabbath. So it's a Saturday, we're at Haven. It's one of those rare April spring days, 70 and sunny, bluebird skies, little breeze. And we just kind of did all the things that we, we could dream up and wanted to do. We slept in, I had too much coffee, I made the kids pancakes, like we did a puzzle together, I read a book in the hammock. What were some of the and other things we did? wore pajamas most of the day. Yeah. Oh, the pajama day. Yes. That's, all that's that kind of stuff. Nowhere right? to go. Oh, I remember. We, we took a long walk through the woods with the kids. Oh, yeah. You know, just we did all that kind of stuff. And I remember, I'll never forget it. It's 5 o'clock. Kelly's making dinner. I decided to make three fires that day. I'm like, well, a great Sabbath should have three fires. We had one inside, we had one outside, and I had like a little burn leave pile going on on the property. I'm making my third fire. I'm kind of feeding it, and I'm sitting there with nothing to do and going, I can't believe it's only 5 o'clock. It felt like we lived three days in one. <laughs> like, it did. But a good three days. Yes, yes. It was. <laughs> and then we had just this beautiful dinner, and we just stopped and delighted all day long. And I remember like later that night saying to Kelly, like, I think this is a game changer for us. Like, I don't think we can go back from this. And as we emerged out of the pandemic, it's actually something that we held on to. Like we started practicing Sabbath in the pandemic, but I got to be honest with you. I don't think we would have had it not been forced on us. I remember that time too, like personally, but then, you know, just being someone who is obviously like, or look, I'm looking at my world around me and culture and very much what you said. It was like, it was a forced change of pace that I think for people who are tuning into it, like at a deeper level, was also a perspective change for priorities. Because things got weird and sometimes like, I don't know, scary because everything got disrupted. And so you ask all these questions about 
you know, are people going to have food and, you know, like all this stuff. Cause what was the word of the year? Unprecedented, <laughs> you know, that was an unprecedented pivot. Yeah. It's an unprecedented <laughs> pivot, especially if you were in like church world, you know, pivot was like, I feel like the word, but what it gave people another P word is perspective. Yeah. Right. And we all know people who saw that perspective and went, let's just say another way. And it, it made them angry and bitter and all that stuff. Yeah. But for I know for us, we were in that same boat. We were like, oh my gosh, everything's kind of been stripped away. Mm-hmm. And so I can see like there's space, there's a value here. Mm-hmm. The, the perspective that can get difficult in that moment is when everything's taken away, all the activity and all the production and all the efficiency, who am I? Or what is my family? Or what do I do? Yeah. Who so, am I outside of my work? Yes. Outside of my work, my kids' activities, the sports that we do. The, I, like, I'll put that all in the bucket of work. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, who am I outside of my effort and toiling, my, yeah. if I want to go biblical, my ability and effort to subdue the creation that God has entrusted for its yeah. product. What was interesting is after we decided, like, okay, this is how we're going to be around other people. You know, we, we all had to make that judgment call because we didn't know what we didn't know. But one of the things, Cal, we did was we invited the Calzanos out to Haven, and we're like, hey, come rest with us. And That was super cool. I remember that now. We may have fried a turtle in the, in the fire. But oh, that's gosh. A, a totally different story. <laughs> different story. Uh, and now Peter's against not us. On, <laughs> for the record, not on, on purpose. Not on purpose. Not uh, on purpose. Yes, exactly. But anyway, you guys, and this is what I want to throw to you, Josh, you guys started practicing Sabbath about the same time. And that was like the first time we, we kind of did Sabbath with anybody else. So I want to ask you, like, we've been doing this two, three years together, the four of us families, but specifically Josh, your family, like when you think of Sabbath, just give our listeners like a cursory definition of what we mean in a modern context. Like what do, what's the history briefly? And then what do we mean today about Sabbath? Yeah. So the history briefly Sabbath is, we see it in the creation narrative. So you read Genesis 1, we watch God, we watch Yahweh create all that there is, and then he stops. So it's modeled there. But then you have the Exodus narrative, where the nation of Israel is subdued into slavery. They're put into a system that is all about produce, 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 produce. There was no rest for the nation of Israel, 24-7, produce for, for Pharaoh. Yahweh, God, pulls them out of that, rescues them from that, says, I am your God, you are my people, and I'm commanding you, don't forget where you came from, a life of bondage and slavery, Mm -hmm. to an acquisition system. It's all about getting and producing. I'm inviting you to something else. And the word is like abiding and being. And he's saying rest. Yes. Like I, the creator of everything, Chose to intentionally chose to rest. rest. Right. Yep. So it comes from this Hebrew word, mm-hmm. uh, Shabbat. Yep. That's the Hebrew word. And what I love about it is it has a double meaning. Yeah. Like so many Hebrew Hebrew words. It's a super complicated language. But this Shabbat, this word means to both stop, to cease, and at the same time, it means delight. And I personally love that because when I think about Shabbat or Sabbath, in a modern context, what God is asking us to do, and more importantly, Jesus is inviting us into, because Jesus practiced Sabbath. He is asking us to stop working as if it all hangs on us, because it doesn't, Mm -hmm. and then to delight 
in the goodness of God, the things that we've worked for, the things that he's provided for us, the things that refill our soul. That's what we mean by this modern context of Sabbath, and it goes against the whole productivity and efficiency thing. I mean, Cal, you're as busy as anybody, but you need to stop and, and delight. Bill, you need to stop and delight. We're, this is what we're committed to practicing. And I think we're so used to filling every moment that it just feels like a really backwards way of doing things. Like who out there right now would say they're not tired? Who out there would not say like, you know, I'm living for the weekend, right? I'm just trying to get through the week to the weekend. Is there a song about that? No, but there's an artist called The Weekend. Oh, that's so. what, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, uh, I think Huey Lewis. And that's the, the one. I, that's the one. I, like, I can always li- count on you, Josh. Working for a living, living because I'm working. So I, oh, don't quote me on this because I don't have it in front of me. But I, we know the song. <laughs> Josh was in a band, people. Fun <laughs> fact. Anyway, Kelly, keep going. Honestly, it makes me think about when we put our kids down for a nap, right? A toddler when they're a kid where it's like, okay, I know this is... This is going to make you feel better. This is going to bring some joy and restoration to you. This is going to allow you to be the best version of yourself. Like there is a reason for this rest. And that's what it feels like God is doing, not as punishment to us to say, hey, stop. But hey, this is for you. I'm inviting you into this because it's what you need at the depths of your soul. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about people living for the weekend, I I honestly, I do not always think people know what they need. I think they fall into rhythms and patterns. And there's, there's a theory out there on active versus passive rest where passive rest is, you know what, I need to get home. I need to get a glass of wine or a beer. I need to turn on sports or Netflix and I just need some peace and to relax. The truth is, most people are not reinvigorated after that. They're not renewed after that. Scrolling social media. Yeah, they're tired. Never restful. And that, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's that passive rest where it's this unintentional, I need to just rest. And then there's active rest, which I think you're talking about, Tim and Kelly. It's this idea of what renews my soul? Mm-hmm. Is it a walk in nature? Is it taking a nap? Is it eating good food? Is it hanging out with the right people yeah. on that day? It's that idea of what brings us joy, delight, and rest that will renew and connect me with my creator. So... Those are super practical, and I want to come back to those. But before we jump into the super practical, Bill, because I think I think those are brilliant, let's just talk about why culturally in this specific moment in 2022, this is so relevant, right? So here's the thing I think about. If we are trying our best to follow Jesus, and the world is looking from the outside in, if they look at our lives, if we're being really honest, how does it look any different than their life? If we're going at the same pace they are, we have the same life rhythm that they do. I mean, the reality is, it's like, well, your life's no different than mine. You're busy and crazy, and you ain't got any time for anything either. And I think it's one of the most practical ways to follow Jesus. It's also super healthy for you, spiritually, mentally, physically. But I think what it really points to for me is when you contrast and compare how most people who profess to be a Christian how their lives actually look versus uh, somebody who doesn't, and there's really not much difference. I look at that and I say is, well, wow, have we been deceived by the systems of this world, specifically America, although it's, it's not different everywhere else? And I think the answer is, yeah, because we're in this machine that says the American dream is where it's at. I mean, we just talked about Justin Thomas's story, Josh, not too long ago. It's you need to produce, you need to achieve, You're only as good as what you do and what you put in your bank account and all that kind of stuff. And the truth is there's never going to be enough. 
I always have a checklist. And it's never done. Right. It's never checked off. And that's why the practice of slowing down, like we talked about that last month, that's why that's so important. But what we're talking about in addition to that is a weekly rhythm that is intentional to not just slow down on the daily, but on the weekly and dedicate an entire day to stopping and delighting in God. Yeah, Kelly, you just mentioned like, who doesn't have a checklist? I'm still going to have a checklist. And this rhythm that we're talking about, this spiritual practice, isn't don't have a checklist or make sure your checklist is done before you enter into this day. It's saying it's okay to have a checklist, but during this time, in this rhythm, I'm not focused on my checklist. I'm okay spiritually, physically, mentally setting the checklist aside for something better for this specific period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that checklist that the you know everybody knows our American culture is generically overworked, especially if you're in corporate America. Like the forty-hour work week doesn't exist anymore for most people. You know what that reminds me of is um, spiritual slavery, and I would not have thought that had I not read a blog post by Tim Keller, mm-hmm. and I, I passed around to you guys and, yeah. and friends, we're going to link to it in the show notes, and it's lengthy, but please, please, please read the whole thing. But I just want to read you a quote from this that, like, to me, it jumped off the page. He says this, anyone who overworks is really a slave to a need for success, to materialistic culture, to exploitative employers, to parental expectation, or to all of the above. And the slave masters, they will abuse you if you do not learn the discipline and the practice of Sabbath. I would have never thought about the lack of rest and the lack of rhythm as being in bondage. Yeah, I was going to say bondage is a really good word. Mm -hmm. And and in slavery to the system, if you will. And I think, Josh, what you're talking about with that brief history of Exodus, they get their freedom and God's like, hey, I want to make sure it actually stays freedom. Yeah. And so to do that, you need to resist the systems of this world. You're going to have a desire to produce and achieve and to make all the stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't forget where it came from. Yeah. And so once a week, stop, surrender your agenda to mine, rest, and this is an act of resistance to the systems of the world. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, we, around this table, so much of what we talk about is truly countercultural. And I'm just reminded of what you said just a few moments ago. It was like, if our lives don't look any different from those of our literal neighbors or our community, our actual neighbors of the rest of the world, our society, something's a little off. And when we get a couple degrees off, we've talked about this before, you don't have to go very far to be a lot farther off. So it is resistance. It is countercultural. It's going to take effort. It's going to take effort. And I think it's like a declaration of freedom. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I'm trying to be free of the systems of the world uh, who let's be honest, don't want life to the full for me. They want their own agenda. And so I'm going to align with God and I'm going to do this really crazy thing of saying, hey, one day a week, I'm going to stop. I'm going to surrender. And the fun part is, and I get to delight in the things that make me joyful and the things that connect me deeply to God. And uh, and by the way, little fun fact, like Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, we talk about that a lot in this we, podcast. We like that verse. We, we kind of like that it's verse. Okay. It's kind of a core. like that sort of thing. <laughs> The context of what he is telling us, it's in the context of Sabbath. Yep, it is. Jesus is referring to the easy yoke. So no matter what translation you read it in, you either see the word burden or yoke used. So 
if there's an easy yoke that Jesus offers, that means he must be responding to a not easy yoke, so a hard yoke, a heavy yoke. Mm -hmm. And best that scholars, and we can tell, it's pretty easy what that points to. The time that Jesus was saying this in, Christians were existing under the Roman Empire. Right. So, and this isn't like a, oh, it's the government. It's like, no, it permeated all of society. Mm -hmm. So you had class systems and taxes. And let's not forget the Roman Empire, although not Egyptian, not Pharaoh and grain and temple based, Mm -hmm. it was all military based. Everyone was taxed to depletion to fund the expansion of this empire. So that was the heavy yoke. Yeah. And the next verse after Matthew 11, 28 through 30, those three, Mm -hmm. the very next verse, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, like that, that next section. So anyway, and you know, we think it's important is what, what the whole point is. Josh, what's the book you just read on Sabbath? The book that I just read and probably going to go back through is a little short book called Sabbath as Resistance. I'm holding it right here. It's by Walter Brueggemann. If you've gone through our website, Daily Rhythm, especially if you've done the Daily Rhythm, every post we send you about Sabbath has a Brueggemann quote. Mm-hmm. And Tim, what's that quote? People who practice the Sabbath live all seven days differently. And that quote mm-hmm. comes from this little book. I mean, I think the book's about 100 pages and then 20 pages of study mm-hmm. guide. It gives you the origins of Sabbath, but the overarching theme is that Sabbath is a countercultural act of resistance against the pull yeah. of the world around us. Yeah. So we'll link to that book in the show notes. Uh, one of our favorites, you've heard us talk about it before, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Comer talks about, this. he's got a whole chapter on Sabbath at the back of the book. We would highly recommend that. We'll link to that as well. But, you know, we spent 15, 20 minutes just talking about this topic. And I know if you're still with us, hopefully you're still with us. Here's what I think you might be saying right now. It's like, okay, theoretically, that's all good. Yeah, I want that. <laughs> Sounds good. Sure. I'll take yeah, two. I want to stop. I want a day like that but, in Haven. But how? Exactly. It, honestly, I think of even for us before we were beginning this, it sounds impossible to implement into real life and real schedules and kids calendars and school and work right yeah bill what's the comic book correlation is this the unobtainium (laughs) 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 can't find it can't get it nowhere it's in the multiverse somewhere oh yeah it's out there in the multiverse it exists we just did they practice sabbath and star wars (laughs) sorry don't don't answer that Uh, all right, so here's, I want to get real practical. We do this on, you know, as we start every month to just kind of give some things that God's been teaching us of maybe some best practices or here's how you can get started. But here's what I want to do. All right, friend, if you're listening, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I just want you to really consider these and then we're going to give you some tips. Okay, so here's the thing I want you to ask yourself about Sabbath. What would your life look like if you took an entire day once a week to both stop working and delight in the goodness of God? Like, what would your life look like if you did that once a week? I think you know the answer, if we're being really honest, okay? A couple follow-up questions. What would your relationship with God look like? And then what would your relationship with other people look like? And if you're listening to this and you're like, I get it, I'm not sure, just pause on those questions. Like, what would your life look like if you practiced Sabbath, it would literally change your life. You'll be healthier physically, healthier mentally, healthier spiritually, deeply connected to God, and more deeply connected to those that are most important in your life. And I just, as we get into these practices, 
I just want to encourage you, think about those questions, because I can tell you for us, for the four of us, that is exactly what is starting to happen. We're not experts in this. We're going to share some of the things that we like to do and maybe a way to get started, but uh, we're learning this in real time, and it is actively changing our life. So all that to be said, Bill Holbrook, where do we start? Well, you need to make a plan. That's step one. And I know that sounds really boring. Of course you would say that. I would say that. You, you have to... <laughs> Do you have a spreadsheet, a spreadsheet for your Sabbath? <laughs> I could. I can make a spreadsheet right now. Actually, spreadsheets are life. Uh, well, yeah, you, you'd have to make a plan for it because good things don't happen without intentionality. And so to sit down with your family, sit down with your spouse, sit down with your kids and go, what's a block of time? Because not everybody can take 24 hours at the outset, right? Uh, yeah, maybe start with 12 hours. Yeah, maybe start with an evening or a morning. Small, yeah, yeah, small like, steps of surrender yeah. and let it Hey, what if grow. what if tonight and tomorrow morning or this weekend and the evening and the morning, like, you know, what does mm-hmm. it look like just to, to get the time block? And then the other thing is, man, when you plan, especially if you're in relationships with other people, which everybody is, you have to talk about expectations. Because mm-hmm. one person might go, well, I, I want to eat all kinds of great food. Awesome. That's great for you. Other person says, I want to sleep the whole time. Well, there's a conflict. So mm-hmm. you have to just talk through that and start making a general plan that you can keep a, you know evolving yeah. over time. So Josh, take it step two. You start, you got a plan. Like I know both of our families, we kind of generally start about Friday at five and we go till generally about Saturday at the same time, you know, give or take. We're not hard and fast with it, but like, what's next? What's the next thing you think of when you're like, okay, I've made a plan. I know for us, like, that plan's got to be flexible. Yeah. It could be my wiring or my family's wiring, but it's probably good for everyone. Like, it's good to have a plan. I love it. And it's then also, you hit the ground and you change it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like, this isn't, so I would say, like, this isn't an equation. It's not if you do these mm-hmm. three, I mean, we could probably come up with, like, here's three core things you probably should include. And we've kind of talked about those already. But it's not one plus two equals three here. Are you trying to, like see like what we do or you well, just I guess approach? That, that's actually like if you had to say like here are the top two or three things I don't want to call them core principles but in a lot of ways they're there because God gave us the word Shabbat so we know mm-hmm. we had to stop and then the second part is we know we have to delight and the goal is to connect deeply to him so in my mind it's like stop mm-hmm. don't work don't yeah. produce maybe yeah. is a better way to say it yeah and then rest, and then connect, and, and delight. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's what I think of anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would say, like formulaically, <laughs> that is what that's what we do. We do it as a family, but also there's pockets of times. So I have a 13 year old, nine year old, five year old, and my wife and I. There's individual. So obviously, your kids are going to get this at a different level. Mm-hmm. But as parents, we model what we're hoping to get. Yeah. So the first stop, don't produce. Yeah. Please don't do yard work. You know, loosen the reins on control just a little bit, and think of it as like don't produce. Yeah, and and practically speaking, we don't. We intentionally like there's nothing on our calendar. Yeah, we also don't put this on our calendar because the rhythms of like work that my wife and I have. She's a nurse and works at a hospital. She can't always be there, or maybe the same for me. And so we're just committed to like if one of us is still gone. We still do it. Yeah. It's just us. It's us with the kids. That's that flexibility. Yeah. Or yeah. It, it's either Saturday or Sunday for us yeah. because that's our rhythm. So, Cal, talk about the rest piece because I think that's a critical thing. And, Bill, I think you said difference between active rest and so forth. There is a difference. And what's neat is I think it looks different for everyone. You know, we might be 
you know, talking to people who are single, they might be newlyweds. You might have young kids, old kids, you could be retired. It's going to look different for everyone, but that rest piece is something that we don't normally get in our daily life. And so whether that's sleeping in or taking a nap later or maybe getting into bed earlier, having an agenda of nothing, nothing that really needs to be accomplished is going to allow you to move slower and it's going to create space for that active rest and those things that actually breathe life into you. Like Bill, you like you like to run on your Sabbath. Yeah, usually if I if I'm a, yeah, absolutely. I do. <laughs> yes. Feels yes. like you yes, wanted to say something more. No, I I just think whatever when you get a Sabbath and your family gets into rhythm, people should be doing what brings them life. Because the glory of God is man fully alive. Right. And so if you're fully alive, you're going to be engaging on spiritual things with those around you. And there's some intentionality to that also yeah. around discussion. But the idea of just doing things that you do not have the opportunity or don't have the margin for during the week on a time when there's nothing. Like there's joy to that. Yeah. So f- like for me, I like to get an extra hour of sleep. I turn the alarm clock off on Sabbath. And then a really great Sabbath is I get a one o'clock nap. <laughs> <laughs> See, I get the one o'clock nap. My uh, three-year-old tends to be an alarm clock at around 6.15. See? But the thing is, I can let my wife sleep in there. There you and, go. And yeah. hang out with him and then take a nap later. And so... Yeah. It has to work for your family. Yeah. It has yeah. to yeah. work and for your stage of life. Like part of active rest, sometimes we go on a walk. Sometimes we take a hike. I actually like, I really like to do a long workout on my Sabbath because I don't have time constraints you know, uh, for me. And that's, that's active rest. Let's talk about connection for a little bit. So we talked about have a plan, step one, stop producing. So whatever you do, please don't like try to produce anything. We need to rest, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the sleep portion or the active rest. Let's talk about connecting. Like what are some of the ways you connect with your family on Sabbath? So for us, this is um, just a peek into our world. When we do this, it usually starts around um, a tradition we have. It's family pizza movie night on Friday. Amen. When we <laughs> and let it be. When we started implementing this rhythm, like as a family, we simply use that as the turning point. So rather than just get the pizza and go downstairs and fire up the movie, all well and good, we stop. My kids know it. Like before we eat, and we take three to five minutes and Rachel or I ask one question and the kids know it's coming. We all go around and share, hey, where have you seen the goodness of God this week? And from my 13-year-old to my five-year-old to my wife and I, sometimes it's we saw it in one of our kids or each mm-hmm. other or this circumstance. Um, one of my kids said, I was laying on the trampoline yesterday and the cloud and the, like super like, like, whoa, that's deep. <laughs> but we start there and then we just spend that night together and then we go into the entire next day of our day of rest. Uh, we do the same thing, practice of gratitude. So where did you see the goodness of God? We ask our kids like, hey, what are you grateful for this week? We're going to get into gratitude next month on the podcast. Huge, huge practice that we're super excited to wrap up the season with. But yeah, gratitude, practicing gratitude on Sabbath, a, a huge, huge deal. I like to like be extra intentional about looking my kids in the eyes. That's a good one. Like it's something God's been working on me personally for about a year is look people in the eyes and and like don't just look off, like see them. And I try to do that with my kids a little bit more. Yeah, there's time to be present. Yeah. Maybe when that's you're the best way. Sabbath. Be more 
present. Well, and even yeah. in mm-hmm. even in a normal week or normal day, I'm just thinking about my family dynamic or like work dynamic. A lot of things happen in passing, mm-hmm. in transition, and so mm-hmm. for you to say, "Hey, on this day, I'm going to be fully present." because I don't have these distractions of all the other stuff. I'm going to look you in the eye, yeah. or everybody in the eye. It, That's and beautiful. It's, it's really amazing when you don't have anything on the calendar, and you're like, I got nowhere to be. I can just be here. Except to be. Stop and delight in my kids. So delight is the last one. and I'll, I'll just cover this quickly. Um, I think it's super important to delight in the goodness of God. And pretty much any book you read on Sabbath, they're going to tell you the same thing. I mean, a lot of what we're kind of talking about we've learned from other people. But think about that thing that fills up your soul. So for Bill, it's running, right? For me, a long workout, an extra cup of coffee. I like to cook on Sabbath. Same. A great Sabbath is I get to make all three meals. Josh, your family, my family, we always get donuts. (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep. Every That's Sabbath the next morning is done. I might have to work. That might have to be added to my Sabbath. <laughs> it is one of the rules. Budget slash rhythm. It's biblical. It is a <laughs> biblical <laughs> rule. Yes. That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm in. But you just think about those things. Like I don't know. Is it a hike? Do you like? Once upon a time, I used to go and hit a bucket of golf balls. You know, a long time ago. Whatever it is that delights your soul, could be reading, reading or a book. Writing. I was going to say reading a book. Yeah, um, writing. Sleeping yeah. in late, watching a two o'clock family movie like that feels like nap like time breaking the rules, you know, kind of a <laughs> thing. Dad naps, yeah. but just think about those things that fill your soul that would would bring you delight and joy, cause laughter in the home, and, and that's kind of the idea. So let me just kind of recap these. You need a plan, dear God, stop producing. Don't weed the garden <laughs> unless that is active rest and brings you joy. Yeah, totally could but be. It could be, right? But don't try to create anything. Don't work. Don't don't produce rest by sleeping, by napping, actively rest, be present and connect and delight your soul. And those are just some guiding things as you think about, gosh, should I do this? Should I practice Sabbath in my own life? What would that look like? Those are some things we've learned that hopefully might help you. So friends, I know this is what you're thinking. You're like, gosh, I probably want to do this. I just don't know what this looks like. I get some of the things you're saying. Well, good news. We've got some friends, Patrick and Deanne, and we sat down with them and we asked them, hey, how do you guys practice Sabbath? They're kind of sort of new to it. They've been doing about a year or two. And they're friends of ours. And here's the thing. They're not like uh, 54-year-old empty nesters. <laughs> like Sabbath is easy if, if you're that person. Like you've got no excuses. If you're 54 and your kids are out of the house, I'm going to be honest, you've got no excuses. So Patrick and Dan, they've got three little kids. Like they're in the middle of raising their kids. Yeah, and Patrick so, helps run a company. Exactly. They've got all the things. Yeah, exactly. And they're not in ministry where like a church is telling them to practice Sabbath, like they're normal human beings who have a family of three. And here's the thing. We sat down with them and said, hey, tell us what you're doing. Where are you bumping your head? Where are you finding success? And help us out here. So I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. So so hit the subscribe button and you're going to be notified when that episode drops. And by the way, check out the Daily Rhythm. We're going to help you through the Daily Rhythm, learn to practice Sabbath. You're going to love it. You can go to dailyrhythm.org. Again, we think this is going to be something that changes your life. All right. What's the two parts of Sabbath? Stop and delight. So speaking of delight, 
it's time for three things we love. All right, friends, it's that time of the podcast. Three things we love is our chance to spread a little joy into your life and tell you about three things we have recently discovered and we absolutely think you will too. Now, as you know, we're not trying to promote anything. We're just simply saying, hey, we love this thing and we think you might too, so you should check it out. Bill Holbrook, we're going to be thematic around Sabbath here. Thematic. Give me something that you love around the topic of rest that you think our listeners would like too. Well, I'm not going to give you my night mask because sometimes I put that on for a nap in the afternoon, but (laughs) that's just me. Uh, A grown man admitting he has a night mask. I have a new fun fact. There we go. (laughs) So let's move into my feet. I, like they talk about, I run a little bit and sometimes I don't want to wear running shoes and on rest days I don't. So I have struggled through hurting my feet with sandals because they're horrible for your feet and your knees and your body mechanics. Did a little research and found a sandal for people that are active that actually helps in the recovery and rest process from a company called Ufos, O-O-F-O-S.com. They're great. It feels like you're walking on clouds. They have this little arch support thing and it looks like a normal sandal. So it makes my feet feel good, makes my body feel good and I get to rest a little bit. And they do, that's the type of company we like to... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say promote, but buy stuff from like they give back the 2% of all their proceeds go to cancer research and they're, they're they feel like a thoughtful company. Yeah. And my feet are very thoughtful and thankful for them. <laughs> Gratitude. Gratitude. You know, I gotta be honest when you said my feet, I'm going to take care of my feet. I'm going to rest my feet on Sabbath. I'm like, really? But then honestly, the more I think about it, I'm like, my sandals do kind of suck. Yeah, most people do. That That's actually a lot of uh, foot doctors, which I don't know what they're called, podiatrists. Podiatrists. Yes. haven't seen one, so that's why. They say sandals are really bad for ankles and knees and stuff like that. But they, like, what are you going to wear? A pair of shorts and, like, you know, white Adidas? And if you're out there and I yeah, just offended you. Your, your dad balances. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I I can't do that. I won't. No, I, I won't do that. So nice sandals. Bill, let me uh, introduce you to the Nike Air Max 90. Okay. Affectionately known uh, as the Dad Max. uh, Size 13. So (laughs) send them my way. Also. Bill might have a new favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Kelly, on Sabbath, give us something that you love. I don't want to bring up how much I don't enjoy coffee on a Sabbath, but I have to because I found this handmade lavender syrup. That goes in your coffee? No. It It goes in her not coffee. (laughs) Mm. So fill in the blank of the not coffee. So I do make a lavender tea latte with this syrup. It's from Dessert Oasis, which is in Royal Oak. And you can order this online. Top five coffee shop. Legit. It's fantastic. Hey, our team meets there from- It's a great coffee shop. Oh, it's fantastic. Coffee. Great roastery shop. Roastery. (laughs) Bill, Long pause. Of the blends that they have. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite blend? Uh, absolutely. I always go with African. So for me, Excuse they're Kenya, me, Rwanda, I... Tanzania. Hang on. Just one second. <laughs> they had a Tanzania honey that. Oh, yeah. The Colombia is legit. You like that. I love mm-hmm. the Colombia. Yeah, I don't it's put fruity. lavender in any of my coffee, though. See, my coffee has lavender notes in it. I actually oh, don't yes, need You don't need the syrup. It's the fake stuff. Okay. And all the women are like, you all are jerks. <laughs> Ladies, you'll hear me on this. I felt like you guys are throwing me a lot of shade. About my favorite things, because when I brought the fluffy clouds of porkaliciousness, you guys threw 
shade. So I'm going to make you some you, lavender, you tea, lavender lattes? tea latte with eucalyptus I'm and eat it with pork rinds. Of course. And dip your pork rinds in it. I of think the coffee contingency around the table and the community of coffee lovers listening can put a checkbox in our category because our friend Kelly, who is anti-coffee, at least that's how I hear it, has chosen a product from a coffee roaster. There and you go. that Good is job. what we call progress. <laughs> I'm moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Hey, Josh, remember the Rest With Us episode where uh-huh. I kind of poked fun at you for poking fun with me at my wife? Am I doing better? That was awesome. Yeah. Way to go, man. Way to go. Air, that felt encourager. Really? Josh is an encourager. <laughs> an encouraging. I feel like Josh is in my corner. If no one else is in my corner, I think Josh is. Kelly, I've always been in your corner. Thanks, Bill. Are you saying I'm not in your corner? <laughs> I mean, mostly. Oh my. That is mostly wow. what I'm saying. <laughs> Bill, you're going to need to convince her to come to our I know. 20th Again. Uh, okay. anniversary awesome. at some point. Here. Again. So check this out. It's, it's great. You can put in iced tea, hot tea. You can definitely put in coffee, but Lambda is a put fan. In coffee. You won't put in coffee. No, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm almost positive. This is the their syrup that goes in their lavender latte, which I've had hey. and is phenomenal. And I get their lavender coffee latte oh. when I go there. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Right. So for you yeah. non-coffee drinkers, this totally. helps. Well, we will link to that. It's a local shop here in Michigan. And they, 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 we they love, ship. We and love it, them. Just, you know. When you pick it, this thing up and you put it in your tea, just buy a bag of coffee, too. It's going to blow your mind. It's yep. fantastic. And send it to us. All right. Josh Calazano, give us something that you love connected to Sabbath. Yeah, I can do. You might have this in your house. Chances are you probably do. It's a cast iron skillet. The one I would say is most accessible is Lodge, Lodge like a yeah. Lodge cast iron skillet. I don't think that's the brand of mine, but it's fantastic. Here's where that uh, comes into Sabbath. Early on, I'm thinking back to the beginning of the episode, you're talking about pandemic, and that was kind of the genesis for at least our, our families and some others. One of the things, and it was actually a, a cue that I took from our friend John Mark Comer in the book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. don't actually know him. but Our friend. Yeah, He's our friend. friend. But if anybody knows him and knows us and what John Mark, come on. <laughs> come on. We'd love to ask you a question or seven. Uh, he actually has something that they did that, I, again, here's, here's the whole thing. With this topic of Sabbath, learn from those who have gone before you. Totally. I was reading this book during that time, prayerfully considering how do I do this? And in the book, he talks about I make a chocolate chip skillet cookie and my family sits around it. And we gather around. It. I was like, that's brilliant. Quickly Googled one. I've been making it ever since. Takes about an hour and my kids ask for it. They're looking forward to it. So we'll put a recipe, but you can find your own. It's super easy. That's and great. it's something that our family gathers around. And of course, like we're going to link you to the skillet, but we'll also link you to the recipe. You can obviously use the skillet for other things like steak. Like, steak. Mm. <laughs> like if you want, side note, if you want to make the best steak of your life. Uh-oh, here it comes. Ever. Ever. Google how to cook a steak in the French culinary style. Okay. Cast iron skillet. And that will be the best steak you've ever had in your life. Legit. And then wipe it out. And then put cookies. And pour cookies. That's, that's it. That's it. Oh. No, important no, don't, don't do it. Wipe it don't out. Do it. Don't do wipe it. it out. Don't do wipe it. it. Thank you, Bill. Yes. Well, wipe it out. No, I'm just thinking like Sabbath's tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what I want to do. You're going to do a steak. A steak. Let it the, cool down, yes. wipe it out, and do the dessert. That's and as somebody it. who has partaken in Josh's skillet cookie before, multiple times. I will say uh, it is 
It's awesome. Delicious. Yeah, Delightful. Great. Delicious. Great. Del- not good Delightful. for you. Del- but, it, but good for you. Sabbaths <laughs> yeah. are good for you. Skillet cookies are not. All right. Three things that we love. We think you will too. Bill, tell us the name of that company again. Ufas. Ufas. Oh, well, FAS. We'll link to it. Lavender, handmade lavender syrup from Dessert Oasis, a top five coffee shop in this great United States. And the cast iron skillet doubled up with a cookie recipe from Josh. I feel like you get extra credit for that, Josh. It's two things. It's a twofer. I like it. But you need one for the other. So, you know, you get it. Friends, there you have it. Three things we love and we think you will too. We'll put all the links to these things along with the books we referenced in this episode in the show notes so you can check them out. We hope that this brought a little joy to your life as you rest and pursue Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Free and Light. Hey, would you do us one gigantic favor? Would you rate and leave a comment on this episode? It really, really helps us out. And when you do that, you get to share this one great, amazing truth that Jesus came to give us life to the full, a life lived free and light. Until next time, seek well. Free and Light is a podcast of Seekwell Ministries. We believe that life to the full comes out of an intimate connection with Jesus. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at seekwell.org slash donate.